Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now a special Talk Radio 1210 WPHT presentation. It's reading, writing, and reason. Now here's your host, Dom Giordano. Hey, welcome in everyone. Dom Giordano with you on this week's edition of Reading, Writing, and Reason, where we take a look at all kinds of things, our money that's spent, the policies, all kinds of things involving education, kids, and sometimes the battles around that. There was a fierce battle in Ohio with a Republican governor. Riley Gaines, our friend, was involved in this, as most, a lot of these battles now are over various trans medical procedures for minors and also sports participation with either biological or transitioning males wanting to play female sports. DeWine uh, took the stance, one of the few Republican governors that did this, that he was not going to curtail these uh, medical procedures for minors or restrict sports participation in female sports. And that last part, to me, I think he could have split the difference here. He might have had a more solid foundation. The news this week, though, is that the Ohio Senate uh, this week successfully overrode Governor Mike DeWine's veto on a bill that bans transgender medical procedures for minors and restricts trans student athlete participation in female sports. The votes came after DeWine, a Republican, vetoed the bill late last month to kill both acts within the transgender-focused legislation. The bill in question includes the Save Adolescents from Experimentation Act and Save Women's Sports Act. Now, the one, you know the arguments on that first one about minors and various procedures, some of them irreversible. Do they have the parents' permission? If they do, the argument is, well, that should uh, be all that matters, not the science behind this, about how irreversible and damaging this could be. The other, though, on women's sports and participation in that, DeWine is way out of bounds. The average person gets this, that we don't want males in female sports. I've said so many times, and you know this, female athletes listening, or if you had a girl in the family, that these are some of the greatest things that have happened over the last 20 years with Title IX, et cetera, where female athletes are involved in sports, and these allow them to have even more leadership roles, development physically, uh, emotionally, the joy of winning, and the dealing with defeat. These are all things that males had access to. I know how it influenced my life, and now females have had this in increasing numbers and increasing ways. 
So much so that when I watch, say, women's basketball, it's starting to be as intense as male basketball in college. These are all positive things. Why would a DeWine do this? Well, go figure. But he's been vetoed, and it's another victory, I believe, to restore sanity in these areas. Also, this week, it didn't get uh, necessarily a lot of play, but I'm looking at about 10 printed pages. Uh, the headline should grab all of us. Public education's alarming new fourth R. You know, reading, writing, and reason. Well, those are three of the R's that, that we have here. Uh, and I know the, uh, the other R. <laughs> but the fourth R, the new R, reversal of learning. This was a real clear uh, investigation. Great website, real clear politics. Their investigation around the country They called it the big reset, downward in public education. The alarming plunge in academic performance during the pandemic was met with a significant drop in grading and graduation standards. So you see what's happening here. These school districts, this investigation claims, many of them, did not use that COVID money to do what needs to be done in order to combat This unnecessary lockdown and shutdown of schools, the fraudulent claim, we can do this on Zoom, we can do it remotely. No, you can't, and you didn't. And these reversals still have not been addressed. So the claim is, four years later, the money is almost gone. Students have have not made up that lost ground, equaling more than a year of learning for many disadvantaged kids who were already in difficulty. Driven by fears of a spike in dropout rates, especially among blacks and Latinos, they write, many states and school districts are apparently leaving in place the lower standards that allow students to get good grades and graduate, even though they have learned much less. Now, you hear about reading all the time. They say what I've been saying, particularly in math. We talk about reading, and I believe reading is the crucial skill But then we leave off math, and math scores are abysmal. So what they're saying is this. They took all this money. They didn't do what's called high-dosage tutoring, meaning one-on-one or small group with kids that were having problems, which were a lot of kids because of this. They were reversed a bit. And instead, they kind of ignored it. They kind of pretended. So what do we do now? Lower the standards. That way, it looks as if everything is fine. Now, you know what this is going to produce. It's going to produce a new normal. It already has. It's even worse than what we had before the COVID epidemic. And the amount of money that was spent in schools, the amount of money that continues to be spent, and yet this is what the game is. Now, this uh, this investigation, we're going to have a guest on, on this in the near future. This has to be drilled down to by people that are funding sources, legislators, parents, and others, and at school board meetings. This reversal of these standards has to be exposed. Now, maybe some school districts did not do that. It all depends. It's all in getting into exactly what's happening day by day. But if they're right, as I believe they are, about many school districts here on Reading, Writing, and Reason, Well, then, this is a huge, huge boondoggle scandal. So you're going to have kids graduating, and we've known about the dumbing down before. But now, dumbing down to this level, after taking all that money, rather than reforming or 
expressing urgency. Just, just think about the scandal of what's been done here that we knew would happen. Common sense told you this would happen. And rather than being on all cylinders and trying to get kids back to this. Now, I'm not a big fan at all of mandatory summer school and all that. I don't know that we have to do that. But I'd recommend that to parents to take a look at tutoring on your own. If you have any doubts about it, don't push this off. Don't think that somehow or another this will magically, the kids will be all right, and it's just going to come back to normal. I don't think that's going to happen. I think there are real problems here. And I think when you read this uh, report from uh, Real Clear uh, Investigations, January 23rd, Vince Bielski, who we're going to try to get on the show, I think you get a sense of how dire this is. Now, can we just continue to turn out kids that don't know a whole lot? Good luck with that. We've all had experience. We've all had stories. And particularly if it's your kid or grandkid or you know the money we're spending, this is something that should, I know we got a lot of stuff going on in the national conversation, but this is the hidden Goliath there of things that are not good. Not all school districts, but enough of them already in investigation, lowering the standards. That's what's happening here. That's what it's about. We'll have uh, more on that as we uh, continue here on Reading, Writing, and Reason. One other quick story to tell you, though. Look, I feel for people in school districts. I realize what they're up against. A North Carolina middle school reportedly has decided to remove its bathroom mirrors, noting an uptick in students missing valuable class time to record TikTok videos in the laboratories. Students were going to the bathroom for a long period of time and making TikTok, said a spokesperson. Uh, So they resorted to removing bathroom mirrors to eliminate the distraction. The school system says on an average, Students use the restroom between three to four times a day, but that frequency has steadily increased to between seven, eight, and nine times a day. Since removing the mirrors, the school has seen not as many visits to the bathroom, not staying as long. Students held accountable. You'll see a great difference. Uh, They're trying to educate students on digital citizenship. So I realize what school districts are up against, and it just tells me that's why TikTok should be banned. We'll have more coming up here on Reading, Writing, and Reason. And coming up, special guest, one of the founders of Moms for Liberty, Tiffany Justice. She joins us to talk about going on the Joy Reid Show, talking about so-called banning of books in schools. That's next with Dom Giordano here on Reading, Writing, and Reason. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I'm going to teach you. Hey, welcome in, everyone, to Reading, Writing, and Reason. Dom Giordano with you. Dan at the controls here. We always love talking with Moms for Liberty, but particularly this week, we had on one of the co-founders on my Noon to Three show, Tiffany Justice. And this was about the fact that Tiffany Justice, Moms for Liberty, think about this, went on the Joy Reid show. And uh, Randy Weingarten, we found out, would not go on to debate. That would have been a heck of a debate about schools, so-called banning of books. So Tiffany Justice had to square off with Joy Reid. And the issue came down to Joy Reid seemed to maintain that, uh, well, you have to know everything about a particular book to know it doesn't belong in a middle school, maybe even elementary school library, where there are all kinds of adult themes involving all kinds of sexual matters, some of them pretty far out. Here's how it sounded as Tiffany Justice, Moms for Liberty, laid out the backstory of something that made a lot of news this week. Tiffany, welcome in, and uh, you check a box of what I really admire for any conservative at any time to go into the lion's den and have a layup. That was great work. Thank you for that. I was really happy that Joy had me on. Um, I had said that I wanted to debate Randy Weingarten, the head of the American Federation of Teachers, and Joy and, and MSNBC, to their credit, said they would moderate, that they would host and moderate, and Randy was too much of a coward to show up, but Joy said she still wanted me on, so I was in. Well, and look, um, I'm, I'm glad you were ready for this. She had a whole table of intimidation, in her view, journalistically, she had a lot of documents there laid out in front of you, but you kept on going back to the proposition I would. You don't need expertise in just about anything to know what's in several of these books that are being talked about at the age level we're talking about are inappropriate at that age level. 100%. 100%. She asked me at one point what my, you know, what my expertise was and you know and and then talked about having experts, you know, that school boards hire and I just kept saying back to her parents are the best experts for their own children. Yes. And uh, again, there isn't you made the point too about context. I think with certain books could be that there's a context. But this is obvious what's going on here book after book. There's no context for the type of stuff you delineated. That's in those books. And, and Joy Reid, after all this, had no answer, could not answer the question about in what context can you put that in a school library? You've made me a little nervous now, so I'm not I'm not sure what I'm allowed to say or not allowed yeah. to say. But, <laughs> just just you know. the D word. Keep a D word. Yeah, off. Yes, the D word. Right, yes. All right. All right. Yeah, yes. so, yeah. But I mean, that was the point. Right. I mean, I sat down a- across from Joy. She wants to really talk about the books. Let's talk about the books. Let's talk about the context in the books. And then if you so badly want them in these school libraries, tell me why you feel they're appropriate. She didn't have an answer for that. And that's because there isn't one. Uh, you know, children should be learning how to read, write and do math in our public schools. And 
what I reminded her was that in the city of New York, where we were sitting, only a quarter of children are reading on grade level in fourth grade. And in fact, only 11% of black children are reading on level in fourth grade, which is absolutely atrocious. So the whole conversation is kind of what I like to call like a luxury conversation, because the truth of the matter is the majority of the kids probably can't even read the books. Uh, All true. Talking with uh, Tiffany Justice. Tiffany, too, let me probe this a little bit. It's a hard thing because we know what the media is about. Moms for Liberty has skyrocketed as grassroots taken off. And then you're going to have an occasional chapter or somebody out there when you're that big say something that um, I would object to. You probably do, too, that goes too far in looking at books like the O'Reilly book. If that's even true, sometimes it's hard. I know In Florida, that poet was not banned. It was only at the elementary school level. Some of the stuff was adult. There was a caution there. Talk about that and what you try to do. I I know Moms for Liberty wants to give to each chapter uh, independent thought, but they go after one chapter. One person says something out of 100,000 people, and we're off to the races. Sure. Well, I mean, because that's, again, it's a disingenuous conversation. They're, they want to do anything to distract from the real issues or the real content we're concerned about. Um, there is no doubt when you lead a big organization, you're going to have a lot of different people and people have different belief systems. And, you know, the truth of the matter is what we're saying when it comes to public school is that every parent, every parent has the fundamental right to direct the upbringing of their children. And we shouldn't be trying to shame parents or scare them from asking uh, questions about, you know, the appropriateness of content, whether it's from an age-appropriate level when we're talking about, um, you know, sexual education or sexual themes, or if it's something that's merely just, you know, is this text appropriate for the abil- my child's ability to, to read at this grade level, right? And so um, we need to be encouraging more and more parents to come forward, but what they want to do is try to discourage parents. They want to silence parents. And one of the ways they do that is with these tactics and these measures to be able to try to, you know, trot people out and say, oh, look at this person. They're a bigot. They're a homophobe. They're a racist. The truth of the matter is that every parent has the right to question what their children are being taught in school. Sometimes they're going to be right. Sometimes, you know, there may not be a basis for what they're concerned about um, when it comes to the law or the school district's position. But we should be having more conversations, not discouraging dissent. Yeah, I think at these school boards, and look, there there has to be some reasonable time. Rather than just letting people stand there and talk for two minutes and saying, sit down, there's got to be some engagement. When there's engagement and someone's out of line, they can be removed. But if a school board members don't engage, they just let you talk and then move on to the next one, that gets people crazy by the fourth or fifth time of this. It does. And, 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 you know, I mean, the truth of the matter is that a lot of people weren't even being given the time to talk during COVID. Right. We had microphones that were shut down. Citizen input was actually taken out of many different meetings. And then you have, you know, the DOJ and the FBI, as we've spoken about before, that are coming after parents who are saying they don't like what's happening in their school district and they're sticking the FBI on us. So, you know, uh, listen, the truth of the matter is that these are our children. They're not the government's children. These are our children. And we're going to draw the line between school and home because that's that's our job as parents to do. It's, we're, we shouldn't be waiting for somebody else to be the expert or somebody else to tell us where the line is between school and home. We need to do that. And, and that's what Moms for Liberty is all about. It's about empowering parents to defend their parental rights at all levels of government. Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised at Randy Weingarten on this. I've had her on a couple of times, and she would have the home court advantage there. But it proves this idea that the expert is more knowledgeable than the parent on their own kid that even Randy Weingarten, who usually talks, can't talk about that. It's indefensible. 
Well, the schools are failing, and and Randy knows that, and uh, everyone knows that. And while Randy and Becky Pringle and the unions try to make a excuse an excuse up for all of the educational failure, the bottom line is that our kids are not learning mm. to read in school. And when they don't know how to read, we are setting them up for a life of struggle, and that is completely unacceptable. And so every child has the ability to learn to read. Ninety nine percent of kids, neurodiverse kids as well, and we should be making sure that kids are learning to read in our schools. And we're committed to making sure that's happening. And so we had that town hall in New York. We had protesters on the street. Somebody down there said, uh, we don't we aren't interested in anything that they're saying up there in that town hall. And, and I said, you know what? You're right. You're not interested in hearing <laughs> that's this. That's the problem. Now, let you me turn you. Uh, let me turn you to the big picture here as much as you can say. Uh, when you were here in Philadelphia, Tiffany, your group had all the biggies here, particularly President Trump and Ron DeSantis. Nikki Haley was in studio, then went across the street to where you guys were. So where is Moms for Liberty now? I know that Sanus uh, was um, somebody that you have in esteem, but also I think Trump. Give us a sense politically of where Moms for Liberty will be. Yeah, we're still focused on the issues. We don't anyway. endorse any other races besides school board races. And so we have continued to make sure that the people that are running for president of the United States are aware of the issues that moms and dads are concerned about. And we have, you know, really asked them to tell us, where do you stand on these issues? I'm happy to say um, that both President Trump and Nikki Haley have both stood strong when it comes to the issue of parental rights. Um, and I think that there are a lot of moms and dads and just people in general who have a real love for Ron DeSantis and are sad to see his campaign come to an end. Um, but there is no doubt he led, uh, Florida led America out of COVID. And he was a huge part of that. He's an American hero. And so, you know, we were happy to see him endorse President Trump. And, and, and we hope that President, and President Trump gave a really nice speech where he thanked Ron DeSantis and he recognized his leadership. And we need more of that in America. Um, so Moms for Liberty will keep paying attention. Um, you know, we have wanted to continue to talk to Bobby Kennedy. We haven't had the opportunity to do that. And the unfortunate thing is this. I don't think I've got one mom and I've got Democrats, Republicans, independents who are members of our organization. I don't have one mom who would vote for Joe Biden because he has so clearly shown us that he does not believe that our children are ours. He does not respect uh, women's spaces. He does not protect the privacy and sanctity of women's sports and our girls. So, um, you know, unfortunately, right now uh, for Joe Biden, he has lost the support of the American people, uh, largely, certainly American parents. I couldn't agree more. I just hope you have their ear when I take my shot. They got to talk more about parental rights. It's a no-brainer. It's a winner. Randy Weingarten, who's very skilled at this and usually takes on combat, home court advantage wouldn't come on and debate you because when you really face the parental rights issue, she's smart enough to know you can't win on that. Even people that are vaguely liberal are going to say, hey, it's my kid. Yeah, 100%. Every parent's got a line. It just depends where your line is. And the fact that we have American public schools keeping secrets from parents about their children when their children are having an identity crisis is absolutely astounding and horrible. It's a betrayal of trust. It's indefensible, which is why Randy wouldn't come on and debate me. It's why she won't close her replies on Twitter. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the unions are done. We are reclaiming and reforming public education, and their reign of terror is coming to an end. My producer, Dan, parting question for you, Tiffany. Yeah, ahead, yeah because I've noticed 
honest also because we had a great relationship with Randy's people and for a long time she'd come on whenever asked and all of a sudden it's gone silent and it's been almost a direct reflection of what we're seeing here with this uh, you know books and library situation I'm just curious Tiffany if if we know that she's not supportive of this because she knows it's a lose-lose with parents and she knows it's a lose-lose with parents where the hell's the pressure coming from on these uh, on her to, to do like where who wants this where, where is it coming from at this point I think the unions are the foot soldiers of the progressive far left, really, of the Democrat Party. They are controlling the Democratic Party. And I will say this, and we don't have enough time to get into it probably, but I'll come on and talk about it again. Um, our children are being taught that they're global citizens in school. There is an enormous global push, mm-hmm. World Economic Forum, United Nations, UNESCO, the 17 Sustainable Development Goals for uh, 2030. There is an enormous push on America to radically transform our country, and the unions are helping to do that. The teachers union specifically. And so uh, Randy knows that they are in full operational mode. They did not expect to lose the election in 2016, and they did. Uh, 2020, they have Joe Biden there. Uh, We're going to do everything we can to get him out because America cannot take another four years of teachers unions controlling our country. Tiffany, is there a website where people can go to? We're very strong in this area with chapters of Moms for Liberty, but always looking for others to know where to go. Where do they go? Yeah, go to momsforliberty.org. If you don't have a chapter in your area, click to start one. And thank you guys so much for having me on and really highlighting these important issues. We believe as well that parental rights are the key way to unify our country and to move us forward. So just hoping that the next American president really embraces parents as their biggest ally. Thank you, Tiffany. All right, as I said, with Tiffany Justice, uh, I admire people willing to go on and debate. And she did very well with Joy Reid, even though it's a home court advantage for the other side. That's exactly what people that are conservatives, Republicans, ought to try to do. And Randy Weingarten, I'm surprised. I thought she would debate. Coming up, we uh, went back to Zach DePiro. He is a former professor over at Penn State Abington. And he made news, and there was a court case decided in his favor this past week because of critical race theory. He was allegedly in seminars, and the court seems to believe this, where being white was seen as something you have to atone for. You'll hear that next year on Reading, Writing, and Reason. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste, because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I'm going to teach you. Hey, everyone. Welcome into this week's edition of Reading, Writing, and Reason. Zach DePiro has been my guest in the past. Former professor who either quit or was ousted. There were all kinds of things going on at Penn State Abington. And this went all the way up to the Penn State Central campus on his case. He's now a professor somewhere else. 
he joined me to give us an update in his case because he's suing, claiming that anti-racist department meetings and the like at Penn State Abington involved attacking people for being white. Here's what uh, Zach DePiro told me about the recent court decision that said that Penn State cannot stop this uh, legal battle, and it is an Obama-appointed judge who ruled in that. Here's what DePiro told me. Professor, welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Take us back a little bit to refresh, Zach, with listeners when you were on before exactly what you allege happened at Penn State Abington. Hi, Dom. Happy Tuesday. Thank Uh, you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Um, So so my name is Zach DePiero. I worked at Penn State Abington from 2018 to 2022. I was an English and composition instructor full time. Um, My appointment was not on the tenure track. I was also not unionized which is important context for the, what happened in this case, because, you know, I, I basically had no protection at any point. It was, it was kind of me against this, this big system. Um, throughout those four years, I kind of witnessed and, and experienced, observed moments of, of identity politics, sprinkling in, trickling in, kind of getting more, more and more, pronounced you know what what you would right what you would perceive to be a culture kind of forming a, a pattern and uh in the summer of in the summer of 2020 you know right after um george floyd's murder it 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 ramped up into overdrive and um the dei director emailed the entire um campus community uh, faculty staff admin telling us that we had internalized white supremacy, that we needed to hold other white people accountable. Um, I, you know, I, I had emails from a supervisor telling me that, um, assure that students see that white supremacy um, exists in the English language and in, in the teaching of writing. The following year, there was, uh, you know, mandatory monthly training workshops one month, we were subjected to a video titled White Teachers Are a Problem. Um, you know, listen, I'm a human. I'm a person. I'm just, you try to work hard. I'm a teacher because it's exciting to me. It's fun, and it's supposed to be fun, and it's important. And you, you get a phrase like that. You know, that that's been in my head every day since I talked to you. Uh, over the past six months, but over the past three years. Um, white, white teachers are a problem. You can't make this stuff up. Um, and so you get these once or twice a year state compliance notifications. If you see something, say something, mm-hmm. report bias. Right. And, and so I did. And that got sent to the University Park Affirmative Action Office, the Penn State University, you know, we're talking big time now. And uh, the associate director brought me into uh, her Zoom room and she told me, you know, you got to you're going to keep going until these anti-racist workshops until you get it. Um, She informed me that there's a problem with the white race. She And and this uh, was at the Penn State main campus uh, where this I'm underlying that exact for this reason. You know, I think my listeners at least know by now. 
they used to think of Penn State football, Joe Paterno, that's all it was about. Not how many radical elements were there as much as, I don't know about Berkeley, but it's like a routine at Penn State to me. What happened to you? Yeah, that's what they do. Well, I'll say this. My, my reports, my complaints went all up and down the organizational ladder. They, the, program, the program level, the department level, the division level, the affirmative action office level, the human resources level, all the way up to the office of general counsel. And nobody took me seriously. I don't know how you wouldn't take this seriously. It's a, it's a threat to all employees and students' civil rights. You know, this, this isn't, this isn't like a, this isn't a, a white rights case. This is a human rights case. This yes. is a civil rights exactly. case. Exactly. You know, and, and, and this isn't complicated. This is not rocket science. You don't discriminate people, anybody, based on these protected classifications. Let, let me um, ask you, Zach, do you have a sense? Now, you're in court for this original sin. Is this still ongoing in discovery, your attorneys and you? In other words, post-Floyd and with this pushback now, I'm hoping for you, uh, you saw you saw the three professors and the stuff about uh, Jewish students that made international news. Do you have a sense they're at least being a little bit more subtle about this? I can't speak to that. I, I escaped the hostile work environment, Dom. Thank God. Okay. Yeah. Uh, with 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 my faculties barely intact here, um, you know, I, I would imagine given given what has since happened, they at least might think twice about wearing this on their sleeve. But, but it's probably difficult for them to do that because I think to a lot of these people, it's a religion. It's, it's a, it's a cult like religion and their job is to, is to spread their, their gospel of anti-racism to try to convert people. And if they can't, you know, you're uh, you were already a sinner in their eyes, but now you're, there's no chance of, of redemption for you, Zach, I guess. Zach, let me take it back. I'm sorry to interrupt, but let me take it back. What would you had to do to say that you got your mind right, like Cool Hand Luke, when you went to that training that you were not willing to sign off for? What did you have to affirm that might have gotten them off your trail? After the white teachers are a problem video, uh, that that meeting, that training, um, the affirmative action office meeting followed that to discuss my complaint. Where all of a sudden right. I, I, the, the, the cross the crosshairs were on me. And the following meeting, um, um, the content, the subject was based on something. It's called uh, the myth of the colorblind classroom. White instructors confront their white privilege, and. The facilitators, one of whom was a supervisor, an administrator, um, gave us these quotes. And the, the first excerpt, you know, I'm, I'm loosely paraphrasing, but it was basically, unless you move equity forward in your classroom, you're perpetuating racist teaching practices. So to answer your question, what are you being asked to accept? I think it's almost these, these various tenets of, of mm. this, this ideology. One is that Anti-racism is the, the one and only 
um, predominant way forward for, for educators, for, for possibly the country. Um, equity is required in order to do that. Uh, you've got to acknowledge, I guess, some kind of some kind of white privilege or something like that. Um, you know, your, your white fragility. You see some of these resources they give you. And, and our, the, the judge overseeing the case, who is a President Obama appointee, appointed federal judge, she, she alluded to this as a drumbeat, a, a drumbeat of, of uh, I can even read it for you right now. She says, and I'm, I'm going to quote right now, this is, this is her opinion on Penn State's motion to dismiss. She upheld our racial discrimination claim. And in writing that, she wrote, the way these conversations are carried out in the workplace matters. When employers talk about race, any race, with a constant drumbeat of essentialist, deterministic, and negative language, they risk liability under federal law, end quote. So that, that's what I was okay. – Immersed. Yeah. That's what I was immersed in when I worked at uh, at Penn State. Unfortunately. So, parting question for you, Zach. Uh, so, we we got this that it continues. The case continues. What are you asking for ultimately? What is it that you want? Well, you know, I would love to discuss the settlement terms and, and, and my opinion Can't on them. Okay. I I don't know if legally I'm able to yeah, do don't that. Do, so don't do it then. No, so, I understand. So let me. Well, well I, I can answer it a different way, though, if I may. Sure. Um, listen, I want schools to get back to the business of teaching and learning. Like exactly. Ima- imagine that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Imagine, imagine how how profound of a thought that is. But but it seems like they they've lost the plot for some reason. Um, schools are not indoctrination mills. Schools are there. To, to especially in higher education, to breed critical thinking, to cultivate, you know, um, evidenced arguments. And they've created a culture where people are so terrified to, to even ask questions about this, this inundation of discriminatory content that, that's being um, wielded against them that I hope what we've done and, and the point that we've got to so far is, is going to hopefully inspire some people to, to, to stand up for yourself, to stop being afraid, to, to, to not, not just for, for you, but for others who might be a little bit weaker or more afraid or have more to lose than you. People have to stand up for each other and they can't let this crap keep going. Um, Beautifully put. What, uh, just to, so um, please keep us in the loop now. We just happen to see this as the decision comes down, though. That's exactly right what you're doing. It is profound. I'm glad you landed somewhere else. But it, it should, uh, you know, for talk radio, it doesn't shock us for listeners. But some people in the outside world just can't understand how out of control this has been. And you've come out the other side. And I commend you because what you've just said is exactly where we should go. Zach, thank you. And we'll uh, catch Tom, up with you again can soon. Can I? Sure. Can, can I give a quick 30 second plug if I may? Sure. Um, I'm, na- I'm not able to fund this on my own. I right. make $60,000 a year. Um, if, if this resonates with anybody, I need you to go to fairforall.org. There's a nonpartisan organization that's been supporting my case 
they're called the, the Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism. And folks can, can contribute to that organization. They don't just fund my case. They fund, they fund right. similar cases. And it's, it's, it's just not possible to fight these things in the courts, I think, without other folks in the public trying to support this kind of stuff. Without a doubt. And that's fairforall.org. Correct. Fairforall.org. All right. Thank you. Zach, please uh, keep in touch with Dan here, and we'll get you back again soon. Dom and Dan, take care. All right. That's a lot of stuff. Sad to say, it takes these drawn-out legal cases to make the point, even with a Penn State, which has been involved in stuff like this, that this is racism, not reverse racism. You just have to call it what it is, straight-up racism. Coming up, some more of the things that caught my attention this week around parenting, education, some of the politics of it, the funding of it, and some stories that you think someone is making them up like the Babylon Bee. No, they're true. All that as we round off this week's podcast of reading, writing, and reason. I'm going to teach you. Hey, welcome in, everyone, to our final segment today on reading, writing, and reason. Uh, Dom Giordano with you. And what we're uh, talking about this hour has uh, continued on into some of the stories that you may have missed that weren't emphasized out there, wherever you might be, that I think are important. And uh, those stories involve things like Florida now. Ron DeSantis has been a warrior in the culture wars in Florida, and he may have made an impact despite not doing well in the presidential race, but... uh, DeSantis challenged the education establishment and what he portrayed as its liberal orthodoxy. And what they've done now in Florida, they have eliminated sociology as a core course in its universities. Uh, The commissioner of education there wrote that sociology has been hijacked by left-wing activists. Now, think about your own experience in school. Think of my experience And I do believe that uh, that's the case. In other words, they're not getting rid of sociology, but it will not be a core course there. They think other things are more important. This, of course, has set all people like the New York Times and others to levels that are unbelievable. But uh, it's just more of the stuff they're doing in Florida to get a handle on and get on top of uh, uh, things that uh, should be debated. You know, why is sociology a core course at the university level? Does it stand up or is it kind of not an academic pursuit anymore, but a pursuit by activists for a left-wing agenda? Uh, In my neck of the woods in Pennsylvania, a school district near York, Pennsylvania, Glen Rock, Pennsylvania, has uh, gotten all new members and they voted uh, just recently seven to two to bring back the school logo. Now, the school logo is controversial because the district's old mascot logo portrayed a Native American fighter, a warrior. Uh, Some who took it away said it's outdated and culturally insensitive. The new school board says, uh, and they brought in some experts and some people who are Native American, five new members elected in November, after running with the old mascot on their campaign materials. So in the school district in Glen Rock near uh, York, Pennsylvania, 
apparently this was a big deal. Um, I've looked at the logo. It's not uh, offensive, I think, as some Native American depictions were exaggerated, stereotypical. It will be interesting to see uh, what happens to the school board now. In other words, this is intense. We're going to see the um, all kinds of people come out of the woodwork, so to speak, that are in opposition to this. Hey, one other item this week on reading, writing, and reason. And I understand the motivation to be sensitive to kids, but a representative in the Philadelphia area, Representative Napoleon J. Nelson, has a bill in Harrisburg. He says the uh, COVID-19 pandemic exacerbated many challenges facing our students. But what he wants to do is he wants to help restore their mental health. He wants students to get three mental health days. Now we kid about having a mental health day, right? That are excused absences that they can take at any point they want in order to take stock and resume their mental health. My goodness. You know, how long are we going to have these misguided attempts to reform some of the abuses that happened during COVID because we went too far in keeping kids out of school? You know, we all know the first few weeks of this, we didn't know what we were dealing with. Okay. After that, remote learning and some of the disruption was ridiculous. But this guy with mental health days that are, ex- unex- are excused. You just say mental health day, I'm taking a mental health day, or the parent does. That's it, is the wrong way to go. The way to get out of this post-COVID, we talked about this earlier in the show today, is academically to get back in order, to talk about, and as we see the years go by, some of this is going to fade, the disruption of what happened during COVID. I get it, there were real disruptions. But trying to coddle kids now with mental health days that they can take for any reason in any situation, you know, this is absolute. And I, I don't know that it's going to pass in Pennsylvania, given there's more common sense people here, but that's exactly some of the overkill we've gotten. Hey, thanks for listening this week to Reading, Writing, and Reason. Let people know wherever they get their podcasts that you can find Reading, Writing, and Reason. And we try to, each week, bring you some of the stories that should be making news because of the money, the implications of them, the stuff that's going on like this mental health day thing. Put it on your radar screen. Dom Giordano, happy to be with you every week here on Reading, Writing, and Reason. You need a lesson, gonna bring it to you now. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.